Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Where do we go from here? Jeopardy. Where do we go from here? And look at a text in the book of Exodus, the journey of a people. Exodus, the 13th chapter. And I'll start at the 17th verse. And the 17th verse should read something like this. And when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter route. God thought if the people have to fight and face war, they will run back to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the Reed Sea Desert. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took with him the bones of Joseph just as Joseph had made Israel's sons promise when he said to them, when God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of here with you. And so they set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. The Lord went in front of them during the day in a column of cloud to guide them and at night in a column of lightning to give them light. This way they could travel during the day and at night. And the column of cloud during the day and the column of lightning at night never left its place in front of the people. The column of cloud during the day and the column of lightning at night never left its place in front of the people. You may be seated. Sorry, I forgot people were here. (laughs) Amen. I want to talk this morning from a pretty simple title entitled The Roundabout Route, The Roundabout Route. Beloved, in our text today, we see that when Pharaoh let the Israelites go from Egypt, God had to decide how to lead the people away. And the biggest decision that had to be made after determining when it was time to leave was figuring out what would be their particular route. The text says that when God decided not to lead the people by way of the land of the Philistines, even though that appeared to be the shorter route. But we are told in the text that God led the people the roundabout way. God led them in a circle, looping them around the sea and ultimately taking them into the wilderness. Now, here they are. They've been rushed out of Egypt with only the clothes on their back. They had only a few hours to make their way out. And now that they are out, God has to determine how to get them through. The way out was quick. The way out was fast. The way out was filled with adrenaline and momentum. But the same pace that got them out of Egypt will not get them through the wilderness and to the promised land. God slows their pace and decides that if they're going to journey to freedom, They need to take the roundabout route. And sometimes, beloved, on the journey to freedom, the biggest issue is not figuring out when it's time to let go of something. 
The biggest issue is not figuring out when it's time to walk away from something. Sometimes the biggest issue is not figuring out where you will end up, but sometimes your biggest frustration is coming to terms with how long it might take you to get there. Talking to somebody this morning or this afternoon who knows that God is leading them somewhere, but you're frustrated with the route. God, why is it taking so long for this to happen in my life? Why does it feel like I'm going in circles sometimes? It seems like every time I turn around, I keep having to turn around. Everybody else has a straight route from my viewpoint. Everybody else's journey seems to be clearer. Everybody else seems to be moving through life at a more decent pace. But why am I delayed? I'm talking about the roundabout route, friends. God, I know that you're taking me to a place of freedom. I know it's better on the other side of this. I know that where you're taking me is better than where I left. But God, help me because sometimes I found myself frustrated with the route you chose. I get frustrated that it's taking so long. I get frustrated that I've had so many detours. I get frustrated that I keep having to go around in circles. I get frustrated that I keep having to start over. Frustrated because sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm making much progress. Losing your job, losing your marriage, losing a home, moving back home with your parents, missing out on a promotion. All of these are moments where you not only have to follow God's lead, but you have to learn how to trust God's route. And this is often the, the question we want to ask God. Why this way, God? And maybe God's reasons for taking the Israelites on the roundabout route will help us make sense of what God is doing in our lives as well. We get an explanation for the roundabout route, and I'm going to give you a few explanations or a few reasons, and you could probably add a few more yourself. The, the first reason I see that God had to take them on the roundabout route is because God had to teach them how to detach from what they just escaped. How to detach from what they just escaped. The shorter route was what the text identifies as the way of the Philistines. The text even lets us in on the thoughts of God, saying that God thought that if the people have to face war, they'll have a change of heart and they'll run back to Egypt. Now, this is fascinating, beloved, because to understand what God is thinking, we must understand the shorter route that God is talking about. The shorter route has come to be known as the way of the sea, or, or some translations would say the Via Maris. The Via Maris was an ancient trade route that was known to link northern empires to the land of Egypt. And the point of the Via Maris was that not only was it a direct route to northern cities, but people during that time knew that no matter where you were, as long as you found your way to this highway, it would lead you directly back to Egypt. Some scholars even believe that when the text is saying that the Via Maris was the shorter route, it's not referencing Mount Sinai, which is where they were going, but it's referencing Egypt, which is where they escaped. God has to take them on the roundabout route, not to make it difficult for them to get where they're going, but God had to take them through the wilderness to make it more difficult for them to find their way back to what they left. 
God takes them on the roundabout route because God is trying to keep them from their future, not because God is trying to keep them from their future, but because God is trying to give them enough space to disconnect from the toxicity of their past. You see, they made it physically out of Egypt, quickly. But after 400 years in slavery, they were not going to emotionally detach in a few days. In the words of Pastor Johnny Ray Youngblood, God not only had to walk them out of Egypt, but God had to walk Egypt out of them. God has to take them on a journey where they learn not only how to escape what they just left, but they learn how to detach from it. God has to put them on a journey that makes it impossible for them to go back to what they had found the courage to walk away from. The Israelites revealed to us that sometimes you can make it out of Egypt and still have to do some work to get over Egypt. The roundabout route is when God has taken you out of some toxic situations, when God has rescued you from some heartbreaking moments, beloved, when God has released you from some death-dealing situations, and you're able to have enough distance from the experience so you recognize you don't have the option to go back. The roundabout route is the pace that God puts us on. It feels slow. It feels uneventful. It feels tedious, but it's necessary because God is trying to not hold us back from our future, but because God is giving us the space to detach from the pain and the dysfunction of the past. Sometimes God will take you on the roundabout route, not because God doesn't want to jeopardize your tomorrow, but because God doesn't want you to jeopardize it by running back to your yesterday. And so they had to detach from what they just escaped. And then secondly, they needed confidence for the conflict they had to face. They had to develop confidence for the conflict that was coming. God was so leery of them running back to Egypt. Why? What was it that God knew that would make them change their mind about the journey to freedom? Well, beloved, God knew that if they had to face conflict and face war from the Philistines or any other nation or tribe so early in their journey that they wouldn't have the heart to keep going. God knew that if they had to face war and encounter conflict, then they would change their mind and completely turn around. Now, this is fascinating to me because if you look a few verses down, you will see the text says that the Israelites went out ready for battle. They left Egypt in military formation. They left Egypt in a position of being ready for war, yet God knows that if they actually have to fight, they'll change their mind. They leave physically ready for battle, but God knows that they are not emotionally prepared to fight. They presented themselves as an army on the outside. They looked like they were prepared and ready to fight on the outside because they were in formation, but God could see beyond their posture. And God could discern how they were actually feeling. God knew that even though their bodies looked ready, their hearts were not prepared for war. And the roundabout route was the opportunity for God to build their confidence as a people before they had to face conflict as a nation. God had to make sure that they were sure of who they were before they faced any situation that would cause them to question their freedom. 
The roundabout route was not only a time for them, to, for them to detach from the trauma of the past, but it was how God gave them space to develop courage for the future. And what I've learned is that sometimes we can look the part. Sometimes our bodies can look ready and prepared for something. Sometimes we can say all the right things and make all the right gestures, but God knows that who we are on the inside is vastly different from the person we present on the outside. God knows that often deep inside that person who presents themselves as ultra confident, that there are some deep insecurities and deep fears that they have not tapped into. And it's easy to walk around with an imposter syndrome, just hoping and praying that the moment never comes where people will realize just how afraid you really are. You look confident, you look sure of yourself, but in your heart you have some moments where you completely doubt who you are and you debate whether or not you should turn around and quit. And maybe this season on the journey to freedom is the time that God is allowing who you are on the inside to catch up with who you appear to be on the outside. Maybe this roundabout route is an opportunity for the posture of your heart to catch up with the performance of your life. The roundabout route is the space for God to work out your fear so that you can do more than look ready for battle, but you can actually be ready for whatever you may face on the journey. Because you can fool some people, but when man looks at the outer appearance, God looks at the heart. And sometimes when you think you're ready may not be when God feels that you're ready. But beloved, you can't perform or pretend pretend your way into freedom. You can't posture your way into liberation, but if you're going to get to the freedom of the other side, you got to be real with God about your insecurities on the inside. You got to be real with God about your fear. You got to be real with God about your frustration. You got to be real with God about your hesitancy. If you want to get to freedom, you have to tell God the truth so that God can transform your insecurities into courage. And so uh, God has to build up their confidence so they don't just look ready for battle, but, they're actually are, but they actually are ready for battle. And then thirdly, and I'm almost finished, God takes them on the roundabout route because they have to locate and carry the bones of their beloved. Now hear me clearly. Just because God did not want them to go back does not mean God wants them to forget. You have to say that, it's particularly with all the debates around critical race theory, right? There's a difference, right, between detaching from our past and trying to whitewash our history. God did not want them to forget what they had endured. As they left Egypt, not only did they take bread and bread pans, not only did they take the silver and gold of their oppressors, but Moses takes with him the bones of their ancestor Joseph. In the last chapter of Genesis, Joseph had made Israel's sons promise on his deathbed that when God takes care of you, not if God takes care of you, but when God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of Egypt with you. 
And as they move forward, Moses remembers the charge and the instructions of their ancestor in the past. God wants to ensure that they don't return to the toxicity of their past, but God also makes them aware of the legacy that they have the responsibility to carry forward. As they make their way to freedom, they remember and carry the bones of their ancestors who had once been enslaved in the very land that they had been freed from. It's powerful that Moses even remembered these instructions because Moses was not there when, Mo when Joseph spoke them. This shows us that the children of Israel did not let Joseph's story be forgotten. Joseph, the one who had been sold into slavery, Joseph who had saved Egypt by predicting the famine that was soon to come, Joseph who worked his way up Pharaoh's chain of command and served as one of Pharaoh's top officials, this Joseph who had contributed so much to Egyptian society was forgotten by the Egyptian people. We are told in the first chapter of Exodus that after Joseph and his brothers died, a new king came to power and the king didn't know anything about Joseph. This king didn't know Joseph's history. This king didn't know Joseph's contribution. This king, he didn't know Joseph, how Joseph served the country he had been unjustly brought to. But even when Joseph was forgotten by the Egyptians, he was remembered by his own people. Even when his contributions were not valued by the empire, his bones were carried by his community. And beloved, on the journey to freedom, we have the duty to remember the people that the empire wants us to forget. So many of our ancestors who gave so much to this country have all but been forgotten by it. Their contributions to a country they were brought to unjustly have never been recognized. Beloved, their achievements have never been fully honored and their legacies have all but been forgotten. But since God has taken care of us, we have the duty and the responsibility to carry them forward. We have the duty to carry their legacies into room their bodies will never enter. We have the duty to speak their names in spaces where their impact may be forgotten. We have the duty to tell their stories when this nation wants to erase their significance. We have the duty to pass down their wisdom so that the next generation and the next generation and the next generation will never forget. We can only make our way forward if we carry the bones of those who've gone before us. Whenever we question the past, that God would have us to go, we must remember the bones that we have been assigned to carry. We carry the bones of survivors. We carry the bones of healers. We carry the bones of creatives. We carry the bones of the resilient. We carry the bones of those who built this nation. Even when this nation has refused to remember them, we have a duty to remember those that our society would rather we forget. And the story has been passed down to Moses. But people have speculated and asked the question, this was fun to research, how did Moses know where to go and retrieve the bones? How did he know where to locate them? 
The bones had been buried for generations. They had been put away long before Moses was even thought into existence. So how did he know where to find them? We don't get the answer in Exodus, but we have to look at the census that Moses took in Numbers. In Numbers, we see that among the names of those who made it out of Egypt was the daughter of Asher, whose name was Sarah. Sarah was considered to be the only living relative of Joseph at the time of the Exodus, who was also alive when Joseph died. In the research of, of, of Dr. Will Gaffney, most Jewish and rabbinic communities tell the whole story of this text. They believe that when it was time for Moses to find the body of Joseph so that the Israelites could leave Egypt, they believe he couldn't find it alone, but he had to go and get this woman. He had to seek out this older woman in his midst to connect him to the legacy that he was tasked to carry forward. Our Jewish neighbor tells the story that when it was time to collect the bones, that Sarah led Moses to the river and told him to stand at the river. And she told him what he needed to do to retrieve the bones from the river. Yes, Moses was the leader. Yes, Moses was God's representative. But in order to retrieve the parts of his past that he needed to move forward, he had to seek out the wisdom of this older woman in his community. And when we are wondering where do we go from here, we must ask who are the Sarocs in our midst? Who are the elders that will bridge us to the next generation? Moses in all of his strength, Moses in all of his vigor, Moses in all of his leadership prowess had enough sense to know that if I'm going to lead these people into tomorrow, I need the wisdom of somebody who can connect us to yesterday. And before you ask, where do we go from here? Find you some people who can help you make sense of how we got here in the first place. We need elders, not because elders are perfect. Lord knows they're not. <laughs> My grandmother definitely wasn't a perfect elder. We honor elders not because they haven't made any mistakes, but we honor them because they connect us to the heritage of our past so that we can continue on the journey into the future. And beloved, as millennials, as Gen Z, we need the elders to tell us the stories of how our ancestors got over. We need the elders to remind us of how much they had to sacrifice on this land. We need the elders to teach us the rituals that will sustain us in hard times. And after a year and a half of so much loss, some of us must become the Sarocs in our own community. Some of us must teach the next generation former, what former generations have taught us. We've lost so much and so many people that we must be the ones who can step up and show them that you come from a history. You come from a heritage. You come from a lineage. And you come from a community. We must connect ourselves to the past in order to find our way forward. And so they had to locate and carry the bones of their beloved. And then lastly, the last thing they have to do on the roundabout route is they learn not to police the presence of God. They learn not to police God's presence. So they depart out from the journey. The people had gold and silver in their hands and Moses had 
the coffin of Joseph on his shoulder. And as they marched their way out of the land of oppression, isn't it a sight to see they had reparations for their labor on one hand? They had the legacy of their ancestors in the other hand. And they marched their way on the journey to freedom. But the good news in this text is that even when the, on, on the roundabout route, in order for God to lead them, God couldn't leave them. Scripture says that as they set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the desert, that during the day, the Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them and to guide them. But then God turned into a pillar of fire at night to illuminate their path. This way they could travel both during the day and the night. Did you catch that? At, at different parts of the journey. God morphs and God shifts into what they needed at the moment. When they needed direction, God was a cloud who served as their navigation. When they needed illumination, as they traveled in the dark, God turned into lightning and fire to help give them lighting as they moved forward on the journey. The only way they are able to travel into freedom it's because God showed up on the journey in different ways. God doesn't appear to them the same way in the morning that God does at night. God doesn't appear to them the same way at night that God did in the morning. But God doesn't even appear to them the same way on their journey out of Egypt that God did while they were in Egypt. But the, if the Israelites were going to learn how to live as a free people, they had to recognize that they were following a free God. They were following a God who was not bound by their limitations. They were following a God who did not believe that God could only show up one way. They were not following a God who reserved the right to show up on the journey in just one way, but they were following a God who showed up in whatever way was needed in the moment. What if they decided not to follow God when God came as the cloud because that wasn't the way God showed up in Egypt? Egypt. What if they saw God as the cloud and decided not to follow God because they didn't recognize God when God came to them in the fire? At every phase and every step of their journey, they had to trust God when God decided to show up in a different way. And some of us are afraid on the journey because you don't have the direction you think you need. You keep wondering, where is God in all of this? Where is God in the midst of this? And while you think that God is not with you, could it be that you need to open your eyes to the different ways God might show up to you? Could it be that God has not left you, but that God is just showing up in different ways on the journey? I know that this is tough, beloved, because some of us have very rigid and tight ideas about God. If you grew up like me, you were probably taught more about who God is not than you were about who God actually is.
If you grew up like me, you were taught that whenever you encounter something that's different from what you're accustomed to and what you're used to, that that can't be the spirit of God because God is only confined to the expectations that are familiar to me. But some of us think that God only moves the way we're accustomed to God moving. Some of us think that God can only call the people that we approve of being called. Some of us think that God only operates in our church or God is only moving in our denomination or God is only at work in our religious belief system but beloved you find some journey some freedom on the journey when you recognize that God is able to show up in different ways you find some freedom on the journey when you recognize that God can show up in the morning to give you direction and God can show up at night to light your path you find some freedom on the journey when you realize that you can't police God. You don't get to box God into your expectations, but with humility we must always say to God you don't have to show up in this moment the same way you showed up in the past. I can't accept the freedom of me until I learn how to accept the freedom of God. And beloved, even in God's freedom, God never left them. The last line of this chapter in Israel's life says that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire never left its place in front of the people. As Israel departed Egypt, Israel could be certain that God would never depart from them. God would move with them. God would shift with them. God would transition with them. And God would meet them on the other side. Isn't it beautiful? God in all of God's power could have just said, I'll meet y'all in Canaan. God in all of God's power could have just told them, I'll see y'all at Mount Sinai. God in all of God's power could have chosen to pop in and out along the journey but God decides to journey with these people every single step of the way and I just want to let you know that even when you have to leave it trust that God will never leave you God is with you every step of the journey God is walking in front of you every single day it reminds me of last semester uh, at the college uh, I work at a, at, at a small liberal arts college and I was asked to, to do the prayer kind of before the football game. And what I did know is that sometimes the coaches sit in the skybox and the coach sits in the skybox so he can see the field from every angle, supposedly. He's able to call plays before he can anticipate what the opponent might do because he has a God-sized view. We actually call it the God box in, on my particular campus. But when the game became really intense and when it looked like the team was becoming discouraged, I remember seeing the coach leave the God box and walk out onto the field. And it was something about knowing that the coach was not just calling the plays from the God box, but was out on the field with the team that made the team feel encouraged to finish the game. And beloved, that's what this text is. This text is just to let you know that you don't have a God who just sits in the sky box and calls the shots of your life. But you serve a God who is not distant and is not removed from your pain. But you served a God who is not 
not distant and removed from your fear, but you serve a God who is not only calling the plays, but who is right there on the field with you. You serve a God who is walking with you and talking with you and a God who will always tell you that you are God's own. So yes, I know the journey is hard. Yes, I know the journey is scary. Yes, I know the journey is difficult, but you can trust that even when you don't know where you're going, at least you know who's going with you. Can you feel God this morning? God nudged you out of your sleep. Can you feel God today? God held you as you cried tears last night. Can you feel God this morning? God offered direction when you were confused this week. Can you feel God this morning? God lifted up your head when you felt discouraged. You can survive the roundabout route because you have a God who is with you on the journey. You have a God who is with you every step of the way. So I can't tell you where we go from here, but I can tell you who's going with us. We have the God of the universe, the God who sits high and looks low, who's journeying with us every step of the way. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.